My name is Felice Gerwitz and I want to introduce you to my publishing company, Media Angels. I have a heart for homeschool families and since 1994 I have poured my efforts into creating curriculum to support teaching science, especially from a creationist worldview to the homeschool community. My curriculum was selected by Kathy Duffy and her 101 top homeschool picks. Another labor of love is a three-book novel series specifically for homeschoolers with a creation focus, the Truth Seekers Mystery Series that I co-authored with my daughter Christina. Media Angels represents uncompromising quality, not only with books, but with an online homeschool convention and this ultimate homeschool radio network with amazing show hosts. Along with books, Media Angels has produced an American history and an American government video series, as well as a family Bible study, Homeschooling with Proverbs. It has been my pleasure to mentor countless homeschool families and missionaries worldwide. I also enjoy mentoring aspiring authors with one-on-one coaching and the Information in a Nutshell series. If we haven't met, please reach out. I'd love to help you on your homeschooling journey, or if you have a book, help you getting that into print. I can be found on social media and look forward to meeting you. You can reach me at MediaAngels.com. Thanks so much and hope to meet you soon. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions from homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com. And here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. Hey friends and welcome. Today we are going to discuss strengthening marital bonds. This is episode 488. My name is Felice Gerwitz and you can find today's show notes at VintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Well, no one ever said marriage was easy, but it is so important that we work on our marriage. In fact, most of us don't work on our marriage nearly as much as we work on other things in our life. So today I'm going to share with you some tips that have helped me, as well as helping you to look at your own marriage and work out a plan for making it stronger. I invite you to visit MediaAngels.com and you can check out the book One More Child that's available in print or digital. Well, friends, I don't need to tell you that there's a war out there and the enemy is rampant trying to destroy marriages. Even if you are not a Christian, you know there is a war against the sanctity of marriage and life in general. Good marriages are the very fabric of a moral society. It takes a people, a nation, that is strong, which is one of the reasons there's such an attack on marriages. Because when there's an attack on marriage, it has to do with our morale and the way we treat others. I believe that God ordains marriage and we should include him in our marriage. And I recently heard a talk that said, marrying someone is an incredibly important thing. 
who you choose to be your spouse in so many ways impacts the trajectory of your life. And if you're married, I probably don't need to tell you that. It not only impacts your life, but it impacts the lives of future children for good and for bad. It's hard to look back and look at things, but sometimes when we look back, we can see that hindsight is twenty twenty. We don't have to give into the culture of our times. We can walk in the insurance that, especially if you're a Christian, that God is there with you and he can walk with you each step of the way. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean that we're always going to get our way, but it is going to help us. And I could say so much more about that, but what I want to do is give you some practical tips on working around everyday interruptions and ways to make an action plan to get your marriage back on track and stronger each day. If you're interested in more of a Christian content, you can find that on my podcast, A Few Minutes with God podcast, that's on our sister network, the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. So I've been married um, going on 44 years, I believe, this year, and my husband and I can't be more opposite, but we are the same in the ways that count, faith and family. We know without a shadow of a doubt that we will never get divorced and that if we have an issue, we have to work it out. I cannot tell you how much of um, how much that helps me in my everyday and especially when we first got married. If you're a longtime listener, I know you guys know me and love me. But there's nothing easy about two different people being married together, having to live together, having to share a home, having to share their space. And there are so many things that we read about and that we know uh, that are difficult in marriages. But even though there can be great checklists of um, wonderful ideas about rekindling the romance or having a great date night... Um, and that sort of thing, I want to focus more on strengthening the ties in your marriage. All of these lists are wonderful, and they do have a place. But what I've noticed is the resounding theme, and that is that when you're having date night, or when you're doing something special together, you are present for your spouse, and you show them that you care You care about them and their thoughts. No one's opinion should matter to you as much as your spouse's. Let me say that again. No one's opinion should matter to you as much as your spouse's. While this may seem simplistic, it is as important as good communication. As a young couple, my husband basically tricked me into going on a marriage retreat. It was called Marriage Encounter. You may have heard of it. You may have gone to one. Um, but I went against my will because I thought, gosh, we have a good marriage and I don't need to go to this thing. He had an ulterior motive in getting me there. And um, I have to admit that the time away from the kids really showed me that I was the one lacking in this relationship. And I was so sure of our love that I was neglecting my husband's ability to make decisions for our family. 
Now, when I say making decisions for a family, some of you may be annoyed at that because decisions should be made together and they should. But sometimes one or the other of you sees things in a light that the other spouse doesn't. And God gives us that clarity in that moment to see things that maybe is not obvious to the other one. The retreat master asked us to go back to our rooms and discuss how we fell in love and why we wanted to marry each other. And that's so romantic, isn't it? I had pages filled with all of my thoughts. In fact, as I record this, one of the things I wrote um, was about the time I first knew that I was falling in love uh, with um, my husband, my future husband, was on a date night uh, for Super Bowl Sunday. I was not a big football fan. I'm still not. But every Super Bowl Sunday since that first time, uh, now this will be our 45th one, um, we spent together, um, and I do this because I love him, um, because that time together, um, you know, he found out later that I wasn't a big football fan, especially when I had a lot of questions and I probably had a puzzled look on my face. But I knew that this was someone who was going to be special to me and I could fall in love with him. But when we got together, my husband handed me his paper, I handed him mine, and he had crossed out the first question and added his own and proceeded to explain his love for me, but his frustration with my choices. The issue was at this time, I was volunteering outside of the family and my husband wanted to rein this in Um, We had tried many times to talk about it, but I kept putting him off and because honestly, I didn't want to hear what he had to say and I was enjoying my time. Um, It was wonderful because I was a homeschool mom. I got chosen um, for this committee uh, that was going to talk to school board representatives. I went to some high level uh, political luncheons and breakfasts and my voice was being heard. Um, Because I really had nothing to lose being a homeschooler. I could talk about the educational system as a a prior teacher and, um, you know, speak about it intelligently and talk about what was lacking. And at the point that we went on this retreat, I was getting ready to go to Tallahassee. Um, Actually, I was all excited because I was going to get to fly in a private jet uh, because one of the girls on our committee, her husband was a politician and uh, we were going to get to go to this meeting um, at the state capitol. And my husband didn't want me to go. It was going to be an entire weekend away from the family. And um, he really was set, you know, against it. And I listened to what he had to say. And I could see that the more involved I got, the further it pulled me away from my family. Was it fun? Yes. Did I enjoy the mental stimulation? Of course I did. But I decided that my husband was right, and it was taking a toll on him and the kids. And I chose my husband and our family's needs over what I wanted. And some of you listening may think this is a weakness, and that we could have compromised, and we could have. But you see, my husband knows me. He knew me at this time. For those of you who are longtime listeners of this podcast, um, you know, as I'm sharing this with you, I am on episode 488. Um, I started this podcast network with a lot of my friends that are also podcasters. Um, I have another podcast network. I run a publishing company. I've um, written and co-authored over 20-something books. 
I don't do things halfway. And my husband knew this. He knew me. He knew that soon I'd be president of the organization and I'd be spending more and more time away from the family. Was it a worthy cause? Of course. But so is my family. I was a homeschooling mom during this time, and he was right that I was neglecting a lot of the things that I could have been doing with my kids. And by God's grace, I realized he was right. He was only away during work. Any other time, he was totally dedicated to our family. And it strengthened our marriage, and it made us closer. I realized he cared not only about me, because I was running myself ragged, but also because he cared about our family. He said my time was precious, and he wanted me to have a hobby and downtime, but he also wanted it to be something that we as a family could do, and that actually started our camping time together and some other things that we did as a family that I have such wonderful memories about. And homeschooling was draining at times, and it was nice to have an outlet, and that is important for all of us moms. But it isn't always possible. And then when we do get that little bit of a break, we definitely have a recharge. I wish we had podcasts when my kids were younger because I know this would have helped me tremendously. But let me say that I had friends, quite a few, that tried to sabotage my decision, especially my volunteer buddies. They could not believe that my husband was so controlling and manipulative. He is neither. He knew me and my personality, even after only five or six years of marriage at that time. Knowing each other meant we spent a lot of time together talking, discussing our plans, our wants, our needs, our goals as a young married couple. Over 25 years or so later, he was right. I knew that, you know, and I started a publishing company when I was pregnant with my third child, but I had his blessing. When I was invited to speak at state conferences and other conferences, I ran it by him and I had his blessing. It is so important for us as married couples to have each other's back, to be there for each other. Uh, when my uh, second oldest was getting married, at this point I had five children, my husband asked me to start a home inspection company for him because we thought this would be a great um, company for him to go into as a retirement at some point. Um, so now we actually have three businesses. But it was something that I was excited for him and I was happy to help him with. And that's the thing. As couples, we can work together toward the same goal or we can work against each other. And that's one of the things I want you to take away from this. Real marriages mean you work together, that you talk to each other, that you care about each other, and that you let each other in on the important decisions and discussions in your life. My husband and I um, were asked by our pastor to be mentor couples for engaged um, couples that were getting married in our church, and it, had, it was such an eye-opener. Our job was to point them toward a Christian marriage and relationship that centers on God, and some of them were so far from it. The program uh, that we used does a lot of like character quality building and that sort of thing. And, you know, parts of it are good. For some couples, they absolutely love the book. Others, not so much. 
But the biggest part of our mentorship was talking to the couples and discussing what we wish we had known before we got married. And truthfully, some of the things we probably were told, but we didn't remember. Our discussions are, let's get real about marriage. This is really what marriage is all about. And we share some of our struggles with these couples, and then we listen to them, and they share some of their struggles with us. You know, the movies are full of happily ever after, and our eyes and hearts want to believe that this is going to be our story until we have the first child, right? For some of you, that reality, you know, may have hit before the first child came along. And most of us were not prepared. I know I wasn't. Even though my husband and I had parents who were examples of faithfulness, of Christian love for each other, still, we had to learn what worked for us. And that's what I want to share with you today. What is going to work for you? What If I give you a list of 10 things and you're just going to look at them and say, you know, in fact, I do have a list of 10 things of tips for what I consider good marriages, but you can look at that list and say, so we already do that and we're still struggling. But let me just say, you have to start with the plan. We work so hard on so many things, my friends. We work at decorating our houses at Christmas time. We work at planning out elaborate meals sometimes. We work at parties. We work at whatever, you know. But do you work at your marriage? I know it sounds unromantic, but we have plans for everything. Why not an analysis of your marriage and ways to improve it? The best way to begin is by analyzing what has worked and what does not work in your current relationship. I'm going to share with you another way that we were opposites. My husband hates lists. Um, He hates when I would give him a list of things to do around the house. And he said, looking at the list, when we were first married, he said, if you want me to start giving you a list, which is going to be about 10 times more things than is on this list then, um, you know, we need to stop this right here because I don't like that. And I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. Then how are these things going to get done? And so, you know, we came up with an agreement that would work for both of us about some of the things that we wanted to get done, some of the things we did together and some of the things we didn't. I'm pretty easygoing in that way. Um, My husband is in construction and we have probably about four little projects around here uh, that are not done. And I am blessed, and this is truly a blessing, I'm sure, that it doesn't bother me. If he started painting the base and didn't get it all done and uh, ran out of time until, you know, a week or two later when he can get back to it, it's okay. If he decides he wants to paint the laundry room instead of, you know, fixing our deck that has some hurricane damage, that's okay. I have to let him work within the things he wants to do and feels good about doing rather than giving him this huge list. And this may not work for your marriage, but it's worked for ours. And that's what I'm saying. Each marriage is so different. So I'm only going to ask you four questions. Um, to make you think about analyzing your marriage, and hopefully this will jumpstart other ones. The first is, what do I like the best about my marriage? Just make a list. What are those things that you enjoy about your spouse? The second is, how can you keep nurturing the things that work in your marriage? 
Uh, friends, you can find these in the show notes at Vintage Homeschool Moms Strengthening Marital Bonds, episode 488. Okay, so how can you keep nurturing the things that work in your marriage? You know, one of the things that I wanted that I didn't get um, was my husband um, being the spiritual leader in that he was, but he wasn't the one to sit us down and let's read the Bible. He wasn't the one to initiate prayer. And I just had to be okay with that, that I was going to be the one initiating, but that he would be contributing. And that's the thing. That's part of what a marriage is. The third is what is not working and why? You know, for me, it was volunteering too much or running the kids to too many activities. We had to look at these things, compromise, work within our budget. And the fourth was, how can you work in the areas that are not working? For example, as I shared, I wanted more time as a family to pray. And so I talked to him about it and we came up with a compromise. The key here is to talk. The only way to strengthen your marital bonds is to have a date, even if it's time when the kids are in bed and you're behind closed doors in your bedroom with your beverage of choice. Use a list above and create your own and ask each other these hard questions. Maybe your spouse will be like mine and cross out the question and write his own in that he wants to talk about. Either way, we have to be open. Yes, our feelings get hurt. You know, yes, there may be some tears. I know for me there was. And, you know, I'm not going to say that I, I wasn't upset at the time and other times throughout our marriage when my husband has, you know, said things that have been upsetting to me about, you know, things that we need to work on. But that's what a marriage is. And you, you know, as you guys know, you hurt the ones you love the most, right? Because you care the most about them. So now I'm going to share some tips of a good marriage. The first is to say I love you often, especially when you're signing off the phone. You know, text each other, be present there for each other. Look into your spouse's eyes when you're talking to each other. You know, so many people are so distracted. When your spouse tries to kiss you, quit trying to get away. You know, it works both ways. Um, sometimes my husband comes home and I am so focused at the, on the computer that I don't pay attention to when he's home. And so he'll just stand there and wait until he can get my attention. And, you know, again, that's something we worked on. The fifth is don't expect a balanced marriage. It's 100% all the time. Can you imagine giving yourself 100% and getting 100% back? That is definitely going to strengthen your marriage. The sixth is to be kind to each other. There's such power in words. I always call it, um, and I talk to the married, uh, engaged couples about this, character assassination. I've had to explain that to some of the couples of what I meant. And character assassination is when you say things like, I hate you, you're so lazy, uh, you're terrible at this. And they just kind of look surprised like, oh, we would never say that to each other. And I say, good, because those kinds of things are replays in our mind. If somebody said to you, gosh, you look great in that dress. When you see that dress, what's going to happen? You're going to replay that conversation in your mind. 
In the same way, when someone says something terrible to you, especially someone you love, and you may even think that about yourself, you're going to replay that in your mind. The seventh is listen when the other spouse talks and don't interrupt. That's another one that's for me because I'm big on, you know, thinking about what I want to say before I even let him finish. The eighth is to expect the best from each other. It's that expectation. And when that doesn't happen, and I've caught myself telling my husband, you're acting like a typical man because you typically don't. Um, That's kind of a backhanded compliment, but we both laugh whenever I say that. But because I always am so blown away by the man that he is, and he is the perfect person for me, even though I would never have picked him out for myself if um, circumstances had been any different. The ninth is make the most of your time together. And the tenth is to forgive. If we love each other, we want what is best for each other. Doing the little things every day helps. Putting up sticky notes with hearts or texting is wonderful. My husband texts on occasion and he'll say, I just want to know if my girlfriend wants to go out to dinner. And I have to remind myself to say yes. You know, uh, some days he doesn't um, always remember what's on the schedule. Uh, So I'll have to say, you know, can we go out on this day or that day? And, you know, one of the things, like a little thing that um, we've, we've been teased about this when we've gotten together with friends, but if you've ever been at a potluck, have you ever... Um, you know, like watched your husband off on the side talking, and I've gotten a plate for him and filled it and brought it to him. And that's just something, you know, we we do for each other. I know what he likes. Now, he, if he got a plate for me, I might not like everything on there. Okay, we have different tastes, obviously, um, in food, I shouldn't say obviously, but we do. Very difficult to go out and split a meal, because most of the time, um, we would, won't choose the same thing. I usually, when we go out, I'll choose things that I don't typically make at home, which is a lot of fish. So anyway, I've been so teased by um, other wives and other husbands about that. And, you know, my husband just smiles at me, gives me that look that's just for me and gives me a kiss on the cheek and says, thank you. You know, sometimes I'll ask him if he wants me to fill him a plate and he'll, you know, just say, no, I'll get it. But it's just one of those little ways that we can go above and beyond. It's not to show off. It's not for anything. It's just for him. And we can do these little things for each other. And like I said, I don't want him to do that back for me. And one of my kids kind of called me on it one time Um, Even like at the table when we're dishing out food and, you know, when the kids are little, we put food on their plates and when they're older, everyone helps themselves. But I would always serve my husband first before I would take anything. And one of my sons said at one point, why don't you let dad get his own food? And, you know, his father looked at, at him and said, because I love it when she gets it for me. It's one little way that we can say, I love you. Let me end with uh, several things. One is that, um, and, and my husband pointed this out to me, I would not have even thought about it. But if you are in a physical or emotionally harmful marriage, get help. Now, there are things that we can put up with for our spouses, but abuse needs help. 
You don't have to stay in a relationship where you're being abused. The second is that be assured, I will pray for you and your spouse and your marriage that it is strengthened today and always. Take care. God bless. Those show notes are on the website at vintagehomeschoolmoms.com, strengthening your marriage bonds. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and the VintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.